0: Let us pray. Father, we believe that all Holy Scripture has been written for our learning, and so we pray now by your Holy Spirit that we may hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest this, your holy word, so that we would be changed, changed more and more to be like Jesus for the sake of the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Today is All Saints. And we remember not only today the saints of past times, but we remember today the saints present saints today. You know, as we began this service, we opened with an amazing statement in the opening hymn. You all sang it together, the third verse of the hymn for all all the saints. "O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet All are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. These words written by Bishop William Howe in the 19th century, I think encapsulate what we need to hear every time we celebrate All Saints. See, Bishop Howe in England was known as the bishop for the poor man or the children's bishop. He was speaking to those who would feel themselves in a low place in society. And when he wrote this hymn, what he was saying is this. We on earth who struggle now as believers and those who have gone before us into glory, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, all are one because we're all together in Christ. In other words, what he's saying is whether you're struggling here on earth right now or whether you're standing in glory, you are a saint together. This is what it means to have a communion of saints. See, the New Testament understands this to be what saint is. We often get this wrong. We think of saints on stained glass windows. We think of exemplary Christians throughout the ages. They're the saints. No, no saints according to the new testament are not exemplary christians saints are everyday christians the word hagioi the word saint in the new testament means believer it means disciple it means christian it's just another way of saying you are in christ so friends if you're in christ today even though you may be feebly struggling you are a saint god has made you a saint And as we come to this celebration of all saints today, we are to remember not only saints past, but remember saints present. We are to remember who we are, to remember the calling that has been placed upon our lives. We'll put the book of Acts aside uh, for a week. We'll come back there next week. I'll continue instead today with the words that Jesus was preaching in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Deacon Ken finished with verse 12. Let me continue with verse 13. After the Beatitudes, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer worth anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid and also, a person does not light a lamp and place it under a basket, but on a lampstand so that it may give light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. See, what Jesus is telling us in these short verses here near the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount is that God has come into our lives and done this profound thing, making you and I his people in this world, his saints. But here's what we need to understand on this All Saints Sunday. Saints are sinners. We gotta start there. Saints are sinners. Saints are real, ordinary sinners. Get the stained glass out of your mind. Saints are ordinary sinners. But they're ordinary sinners who God has sanctified God has come in and done something in that sinner's life and transformed them made them a different creature a sinner sanctified but saints are not just sinners sanctified saints are sinners sanctified for the sake of the world and we have to remember this it's not for you alone that God has done this work it is for the sake of the world so as we unpack this, let's see first that saints are sinners. Oh, we need to hear this. If you turn there with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Who's the you? Who's he talking to? Oh, I know. Before this moment, Jesus gathered together the brightest and most holy of all the philosophers and people on earth and brought them together in a closed little room and spoke over them, Right? No, this is not an elite group. This is the group of disciples that have been following him so far. And we know about these disciples. These disciples are broken. These disciples regularly don't understand what Jesus is talking about. These disciples, again, in the most important moments, will end up fleeing and running away from Jesus and betraying him. These disciples are deeply sinful people. And over these ordinary sinners Jesus says you are the salt of the earth you are the lights of the world we need to allow this to sink in Jesus comes to sinners and makes us his disciples he comes to sinners and makes us his saints in the world I, I, I like to tell people who are starting up new ministries If you're planting a church, or you're starting a new ministry, you're beginning a new small group or just something new in the life of the church. And you feel a bit discouraged early on. Like maybe it's not getting the traction you want. You're not getting so many people. You've got a small group of people. Maybe just 12 people are in your ministry. And every time you meet, you kind of wonder, do these people have a clue what I'm talking about? Um, they seem like kind of a disobedient little group. And you're pretty sure that one of those 12 wants to kill you. Well, if you, that's your ministry, then you've got a ministry just like Jesus. Right, those are the people Jesus called and he continues to call us today. Sinners, sinners called to be saints. We need to remember this because so often we can think, oh, I need to get past all the sin in my life first and then God can put me to use. Right? Oh, I believe the gospel. God has come in and called me to this work, but let's just get all the sin out of the way and then I will be of use. Well, guess what, friends? You're never going to get all the sin out of the way before you die. Those who are in our bulletin today, those who are in Christ, who are in the immemorium section, yes, they have had sin mortified in the flesh. In death, sin is no longer in their life. But for us as long as we walk towards the grave we will continue to struggle as sinners sinners made saints. I like how Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 he says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And let's be clear he's not saying I was the worst. He's not talking about when he was a murderous Pharisee. He says I am the worst. He's speaking in present tense. He's speaking about the reality that he is still a sinner. He is still walking in that brokenness. God takes sinners and calls them to be saints. Peter Kreeft, I think, has a great quote when he says this. He says, there are only two kinds of people. There are sinners who think they're saints and there's saints who know they're sinners. There are fools who think they are the wise and there are the wise who know they're fools. You see, we all are sinners saved by grace. And we need to remember this. I love when we come to private confession. We actually have that in the Anglican tradition. You can come to a priest and ask for private confidential confession. It's very underutilized, but it's right in our prayer book. It's called Reconciliation of a Penitent. And there's something powerful about coming and personally, privately confessing your sins out loud with another person, confidentially listening, and then in the name of the church, in the name of Christ saying you're forgiven. There's something profound about that. But at the end of the service, here's what the priest says. At the end of this private confession service, the priest says, the Lord has has carried away all your sins. And you say, thanks be to God. And then the priest says this, go in peace and pray for me, a sinner. The priest says, go in peace and pray for me, a sinner. You know, friends, saints aren't born with halos. We're born with horns. Horns. Saints aren't the perfect ones. We are the pardoned ones. 1 John chapter 1 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we are faithful and just, God forgives us our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We are saints who are sinners. That's where we need to start. We must always begin there. But we're Sinners who become saints because of God's sanctifying work. God has come in and done this sanctifying work in our lives. Look again at verse 13 and 14 of Matthew 5. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Notice what he doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say, You should be salt, you should be light. Ooh, what a burden that would be! He also doesn't say, "You one day will be salt." One day you will be light. No, he speaks in the present. You are salt. You are light. How can this be? How can it be that sinners, broken as we are, have been made into saints? Have been made salt and light. How can this be? Because God in his wisdom and love and grace has come amongst us in the person of Jesus, has borne our sins in his body, has borne our death in himself and has overcome those. And if he now declares over us that we are not just forgiven, but being formed into something new, then that word has effect in our life. This is what Jesus is doing in us. As 2 Corinthians chapter five says, whoever's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This is the sanctifying divine work of Jesus Christ. He comes in and makes you something that you were not before. This is the work that Jesus Christ is doing. And what he makes us into is salt and light in this context. And I love that because salt is a purifying agent Salt comes in and heals and preserves and light dispels the darkness. I mean, you could be in the darkest room and just a little flicker of light, the darkness is dispelled. Jesus is saying, I have made you by my cross and resurrection into salt and light, agents of preservation and purification agents in this world that will dispel the darkness because I have made you to be that. I remember a number of years ago, I went to the Dead Sea. It wasn't that many years ago, it was about four years ago. Went to the Dead Sea in Israel. Some of you have been there. And the day that we were going to the Dead Sea, we were on this tour bus and I had a hangnail and I was picking at it as I just can't stop myself when I've got a hangnail. And tour buses are not that clean, And I'm shaking lots of hands. And I'll tell you, by the time we got to the Dead Sea, this thing was so infected. I mean, it was twice the thumb that I normally had. And it was sore and throbbing. Well, we got to the Dead Sea. And you know it's called the Dead Sea because it's got such a high salt content that nothing can live in it. It's all dead, right? Such a high salt content. And the reason people love to go there is because something kind of miraculous that seems to defy physics happens. Because of the the high, high salt content, when you get in the Dead Sea, you don't sink, you float on the top. You, You can't, you have to actively try to submerge yourself, but the salt will just push you back up. You're buoyant, just like laying on top. And of course, you go down there, you bring your swim trunks or your swimsuit, you go down to the Dead Sea, you're all walking down there. And and then I get down to my first time and I I get in the water and true enough, I'm just floating on the top. And then instantly I'm like, this is not good. I mean, in my middle-aged self, I am just floating on the top with everything fully to be seen. I mean, this is not the usual swimming, like just keep your chin above. I mean, everything's displayed here. And you see all these middle-aged people here experiencing this incredible moment of shame, like why did I put my bathing suit on here and just lay here for everyone to see? It was a horrible, inglorious moment. None of you are ever gonna wanna go swim in the Dead Sea again. But when I got out of that horrible moment, I looked at my thumb, and it was, had a little bit of blood on it. It looked like it started actively bleeding again and it was shrunk down to my regular thumb size. And there was no sign of illness or disease left. What had happened? The salt that had made me so ingloriously float on the top had also gotten into this wound, cut through, and sucked out all of the poison, all of the disease, it was all gone. I was perfectly healed because of that salt, that preserving, purifying agent in that water. And this friends is what Jesus has made you and I into in this world, purifying agents, agents that will dispel the darkness, salt and light for a world in desperate need of it. This is what God has done, he's made us to be saints. I don't know what that's gonna look like in your life, in your home, in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, But guess what? God knows. God knows how he's going to use you as a purifying, darkness-dispelling presence in this world. He knows why he chose you to be salt and light in this world. As Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. I mean, I don't know about you. I can ask and imagine a lot. But God can do infinitely more in us because he's made us, he's sanctified us to be this new creature, salt and light in this world. Sinners, saints are sinners who are sanctified to be salt and light. But we gotta remember, it's for the sake of the world. We can forget this. Verse 16. Jesus says, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We say those words at baptism. We hand a baptismal candle to the newly baptized and say, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's like the little girl who's, reciting that memory verse she's learned Matthew 5 16 let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven and then her little brother walks in the room and she punches him in the arm and the mother says what just happened what happened to you shining your light and little girl says well sometimes I blow myself out (laughs) and it's kind of true for all of us isn't it I mean, this is what we are. God, by his divine choice, has made us to be saints in this world, but we forget. We blow ourselves out. We don't live out this life for the sake of others. It's fascinating. Sometimes, you know, when we think about sanctification, we think about the kind of work God is doing on us. I'm being discipled, I'm being grown we actually can be very self-oriented with it. We can say, I'm doing all this so that I can be a better person. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, I wanna be a better person, you wanna be a better person. That's a good instinct and good desire. I wanna be better. But you've got to recognize, and we have to remember, that God is doing this work in us, not just for our own sake. He's doing this work for the sake of the world. He's doing this work so that we could live in such a way that he gets the glory that the world will look on at our lives, broken, imperfect as we are, and say there must be a God in heaven working in that person's life. This is what God is doing. And the problem is when we forget, when we forget that we're saints for the sake of the world, when we forget that orientation that we get sent out every week, sent out to live out this new life in the power of the Holy Spirit, when we forget that we're saints for the sake of the world, the world suffers. I think John Stott puts it the best The great late John Stott, the British Anglican evangelical who said this, he said, God intends to penetrate the whole world. Christian salt has no business to remain snugly in elegant little ecclesiastical salt cellars. Our place is to be rubbed into the secular community as salt is rubbed into meat to stop it from going bad. When society does go bad, we Christians tend to throw up our hands in pious horror and reproach the non-Christian world. But should we not rather reproach ourselves? One can hardly blame unsalted meat for going bad. It can do nothing else. The real question is, where's the salt? Friends, this is what God has made us into. Salt and light for the sake of the world. We have been made into saints in our generation, unworthy as we are, because God has chosen us in his divine wisdom and grace to use us for the transformation of his world. Let me put it this way God has made you as a sinner into a saint, sanctified you for the sake that other sinners would be sanctified into sainthood. You see this? Now, don't let this end with a burden. I mean, don't walk away saying, oh, well, at the end of the sermon, what Paul's really saying is just, you know, go try harder to be a saint. That is not the answer. If I've said anything yet, God does this work. God has made you what you are. You can't try to make yourself something more than you are. But what you can do is stop fighting and stop resisting and stop being distracted and stop forgetting. Remember, look at verse 16. Listen carefully to the words in Matthew 5, 16. He says, let your light so shine. He doesn't say make your lights shine. He doesn't say, you know, shine up yourself. You can't do that. You can't make yourself more salty or more lit in this world. That's a wrong way to put that. But you can't do that. (laughs) Only God can make you salty. Only God can light you on fire. But the call is to let our light shine, not to quench it, not to forget to enter in and say, yes, amen. Come, Lord, let that light shine. Let that salt be used in this world. Stop fighting the call of God on your life. A few months ago, Monica surprised me. My wife, Monica, surprised me in the summer when she told me that she felt called uh, to become an EMT and paramedic. And at first, I was rather shocked by this. But then when I thought about it, I thought, no, this makes sense. My wife has always been that person who wants to run in when others want to run out. She's always wanting to get in there with hurting people when others would sort of stand back. And so it wasn't a big shock. In fact, what this was, was her finally giving in to a call that had been on her life for many, many years. And so she entered into training. And so this last Saturday was her first shift as an EMT. The first step is EMT, then paramedic. And so her first shift as an EMT, her first shift as a first responder was at Dallas Methodist during the shooting. And there she was in her very first shift in lockdown with the SWAT team and two... Nurse is killed. And there she is in lockdown, comforting patients, walking through all of this, talking to the other first responders, and even being called into the emergency room to work on the shooter. And she came home. And I said, So, what do you think? And she said, As strange as it sounds, I can't wait to get back in there. And I said, well, I guess that means you're called or that you're crazy. (laughs) And she said, it's probably a bit of both. (laughs) Don't resist the call of God on your life. Stop fighting what God has made you into and say yes. That's what let your light so shine means. Just say, amen, Lord. Put me to your use. You have done the work, broken as I am, and you've made me what I am for your purpose in the world. And so I will say yes. I will let my light so shine. In the words of First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 24, he who called you is faithful. He will do it. Friends, all saints is not only a time to remember the saints past but the feast of all saints is also a time to remember the saints present you and I in Christ made to be saints in our generation in fact you could even say it this way that the way we best honor the saints past is by not forgetting, remembering that we are the saints present Honoring them in how we live now. Saints are sinners, sanctified for the sake of the world. O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle. They in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine, alleluia, alleluia. This is the feast of all saints. O saints, remember who you are. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.